Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. Hello. And we are also joined by Maddie Key. Hello, Maddie. Hello. This is episode 52 of 43.6. We have officially made it one full year with uh, limited to no uh, introductions. Um, No No introductions. introductions. No introductions and no interruptions. Interruptions is the word. We haven't missed a calendar week. It's true. We have not. We've carried on even with some, like, when I was in Korea, Dustin was on vacation. Um, we even got the episode out where the um, the recording crashed, and we were able to pull it from the video audio. Yeah, the fact that we did that. But <laughs> and you think we would have learned from that? But we haven't. We have no redundancy at this point. So <laughs> if this episode happens to crash, there we'd have to start over. Yeah, true. Don't jinx it. <laughs> also, I, I will apologize now. I had someone over before we recorded, and my dog likes to think they're still here for the next, like, 45 minutes, so she's probably got, like, another 15 minutes of barking in her. <laughs> well, some people like to have their voices heard, and that's kind of the purpose of this show is to uh, give the voice to those of us who wanted to be heard, and we thank you for listening to <laughs> all those voices. On today's episode, we're going to talk a lot about the NHL playoffs, which is about to begin tonight as of recording. And we have a couple of other stories uh, sprinkled in, and we will get to those pretty quickly, actually right off the top. Of course, this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we will talk a bit more about later. But before we get to all that, we want to talk about our week, or not even a week. It's been only a few days since we last uh, discussed, since last week's episode was a tad late than normal. But uh, James, anything with you? Well, I don't have too much to go over since the last episode, but I did tell you the story, and Maddie doesn't know it, but I told you off about uh, off-air. I didn't tell you off. I told you, told you off-air. Um, I said, fuck you, Dustin. Um, and that was my I'm story. Um, but I was... So, as some of the listeners know, or if you don't know, I'm into collecting sports cards. And last night I was in a couple breaks, and I was... Uh, I've pretty much settled my collection down to the New York Jets, hockey, and baseball. Like, that's all I really want to collect because it's, it's too vast and too wide. So, um, and the occasional Kobe Bryant card. Um, so, what happened was I entered in a baseball break and I ended up hitting, uh, I got the the Rays in a year where Wander was the, the rookie. So, I was hoping for a big Wander rookie card. Instead, I got a Vidal Brujan rookie on card auto, which is okay. Um, but then I was like, you know what? I'm feeling pretty lucky. I'm going to jump in this Panini Contenders break for the Jets because, you know, the Jets have three star rookies and the odds of me hitting one of those rookies is pretty good. So what do they pull? A dual auto of Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker, which means it has to be randomed between myself and the guy in the Seahawks or the guy who took the Seahawks. And wouldn't you know, the guy who took the Seahawks won the card. So I missed out. (laughs) I didn't even do that. That was Dustin utilizing Discord's uh, (laughs) built-in soundboard, but touche. Yeah, so I'm a little bit... I was... (laughs) 
I was, I was, you know, it's like self-recognition. I, I recognized how disappointed I was internally all evening at missing out on this card. It was a nice card too. Um, you know, two rookie running backs that were great while up until Brees got hurt last year, but real bummer, man. But that's, them's the breaks. Like I want a Ovechkin Malkin dual autograph card the same way. I had the Capitals, the other guy had the Penguins and they ran them to me. So you win some, you lose some. But on that note, this Sunday is the Sport Card Expo, so me and at least my cousin are going down to check it out. So that should be fun. Couple Kurt Angle is going to be there signing autographs. Dustin, and bring him <laughs> some milk and cookies, right? Um, the actually the list of guys signing is is actually pretty good. Um, so not not that I have the money to get all these guys to sign shit, but it's just it's cool to see these guys making the rounds and and doing autographs. So that should be fun. How much would you pay for anyone to autograph something? That's a really uh, good question, actually. I used to do autograph signings for Leafs players back in the day, and it was like 25 bucks per guy. So I, this is so embarrassing. I got like Christopher Stieg and Colby yeah, got- Armstrong, which was cool because he's like played for the team. He's still around in the media. It was cool. I got Phil Kessel. I got James like Rimer. Bozy, James Reimer. I should burn that shit. I should tribute it. For those, never mind. We'll not get into it. <laughs> just paint rainbows on the picture. Yeah, and then uh, just wipe my ass with it or whatever. But uh, I used to do those, and they were, yeah, about 25 a pop. Honestly, if it's someone that I really wanted, like, for example, the voice cast for My Hero Academia was, the English voice cast was at Fan Expo this year, and I have a bunch of the My Hero Academia, like, card game cards. And I picked one out for each of the characters that was there because I was going to get them to sign it. 50 bucks a pop. And I said, no. Yeah, I think it's interesting, like the idea of how much you would. So I bought a Pavel Bure autograph jersey for, but it was on sale. And that's why I bought it. So I got it for like $175. Um, but it, And I buy autographed cards, but I think it's because there's like a limitation to them. So I think that's kind of the allure of it. It's not like... I don't know. But if I were just to go get something autographed, I don't know, man. I, I forget where I was, and I got Tito Ortiz to sign something. I got him, yeah, to, sign got him to sign my hat. I don't even know where that was. I can't remember. It was it was, was it an affliction uh, hat? No. No, no. It was just a white, a plain white hat. It was it's what you had there. Cause I was a big Tito guy back in the day. It was some meet and greet that he had downtown because he was doing Maybe. something. Yeah. Cause I remember you went with somebody else and you're like, hey, I got you this. Yeah, I don't remember why, how or why. I remember I met Jay Harrison and a couple Marlies at Weggs once watching a Leaf game. Like, they were just there. Um, <laughs> and I got them who's the side Who's the guy who is, like, the, the host of The Bachelor? Because that's who I thought of when you said Jay Harrison. Wasn't that oh, the guy who played the, the Canadian was quarterback? Chris Harrison? Oh, I don't know. No. I don't know. I don't watch that. <laughs> I don't watch that. I don't even fucking talk about it. I don't watch The Bachelor. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't Chris fucking watch Harrison that. was the... Chris Harrison at one point for a very long time was the uh, the host of The Bachelor for like however many seasons. So, but I but that would depend on who it is. Like, and it right. depend on if I had something that made sense. So, like, my one of the things I wanted to do was take old, worthless, meaningless. So this is like a personal project I've mulled over, kind of like your your baseball project, but a little bit different. Um, I want old, meaningless cards like that aren't worth anything. And if the guy happens to be at an expo and he signs cheap, get him to sign it. 
and collect and build my own personal collection and the autographs would be worth nothing because they're not witnessed they're not certified by the company that right it's just me and the card which is like a cool personal collection and i think if but like i don't think i would pay more than 25 bucks honestly depending on who it is like if like if i took a i don't know who's one of the cards that i had there um let's say it was like pat henkin right like i wouldn't pay more than 20 dollars for a pat henkin autograph right even if it was like randy johnson i don't know that i'm paying more than 25 dollars uh, if it's if it's like a card of the exact moment he blew up the bird, yes, you would. <laughs> that's that's different, but right because that's like that that's one of those things where that's a one of one potentially. Oh, very nice. <laughs> you <laughs> shouldn't have shown him. Like a fine. Yeah, you but, shouldn't uh, have shown him the the emoji. But like, thing. there's an image well, of Bo- be- There's. A- <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, okay, I mean, a bird noise and then explosion noise, and then that's the Randy <laughs> Johnson <laughs> duck hunt, just um, duck hunt. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, like Bo Jackson, won't sign a certain image of himself because somebody used it without permission. Like, if I could get him to sign that or trick him into it, that would be worth it, right? Just, but I don't like this card, it makes me look fat. I won't just, sign it. Just put something in front of him and be like, I bet you can't sign this blindfolded. And he's like, Bo knows how to sign blindfolded. And then you just swap the card with something else. <laughs> no, Bo, over here. That's like so. at like nerd conventions for like anime and manga and shit like that. People will get like writers or voice actors or people who worked on certain shows to sign things, right? And one of the ones that people like to do is like to buy a copy of the death note and they put it down in front of the guy book open. He signs it and then he closes it and sees the death note on it. And he looks at the person like, what did you just make me do? Kind of thing. That's the nerdiest thing I've ever heard. That's that tops like on the scale of nerdy. Like if they were like one, you know, I collect comic books to two. I put the death note in front of people and make them sign. Like that would be the top of the scale for sure. Have you watched death note though? Yeah. Oh, I watched the bootleg American Netflix. No, no, thing. no, no, no. You got to watch the actual cartoon. It's fucking You got to watch the, the 70 million episode uh, series on. And by 70 Netflix. million, he means it's like 78 episodes. That's a lot to ask of somebody. It's, it's like a lot of waiting. Don't watch the movie. Just watch the of, 78 episodes that came before. It's a lot of waiting it. in traditional anime if I know anything no, about it. No, it is anime. it is very it's very good. Okay. But back to the thing. How much would you pay Dustin for someone to autograph something? Probably $0. Dude, you're just not um, into it. It's just not my thing. Um and the reason why I was asking was um Smash Wrestling is bringing in Scotty Too Hotty on one of their next events. And there was like a social media post that came out today saying like for a picture and autograph is $40 or whatever. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't know if that's a good price or not. I have no, no clue. I don't know what the rates are for people. I don't know if that's a reasonable amount. I don't know if that's an unreasonable amount. It's just, I don't know. I can't ever see myself want and like no disrespect to Scotty too hotty. Like, I mean, sure. I'm sure there's people that really liked him when they were growing up. I'm just saying like, I can't personally see myself being interested in standing in line Want to take a picture with this guy and then getting like, paying forty dollars for yeah, them to autograph like an old action figure I have lying around still MOC for some reason. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I think that goes back to my comment about like it would have to mean something or be like it's got a scale, I guess, you know. And I'm happy to pay somebody something. I just don't know I would 
I don't know that we value each other the same way in those instances, you know? Um, and wrestling's oh, weird, too. Like, it's not like hockey where you're like, or any sport where they have a jersey. And you're like, here, can you sign your your, okay. your sweater? Can you sign this yeah. uh, football jersey or whatever? Like, what are you getting him to sign? Like, an 8x10 or right. an old action figure or a, a, a replica of, of the trunks. WWF Light Heavyweight Championship? <laughs> what? Yeah, right? So, like, but, so for comparison, Relic's... Shout out to Relics, the card shop. Uh, Gary, David, what's up? Um, they had a sale, and I bought uh, for fifty bucks a National Treasures out of ninety nine. For fi- so for fifty dollars, so ten dollars more than a Scotty Tuhati auto and a photograph, a dual auto with uh, patches of Shane Baz, Baz, however you pronounce his name, and Matt Manning from the Tigers in a booklet so it's got two patches it opens up and there's two patches and each of their autographs on the card so like scotty too hottie or shane baz and matt manning like i don't know you tell me yeah, yeah. I, I don't i don't know what the allure is but people pay it so there's a market for it yeah i i would say honestly for me it, it's very dependent on who it was like if you got me to meet jerome mcginlan in person and i didn't already have his autograph and i had a jerome mcginlan jersey i would pay like a hundred bucks to get that done um i'd probably pay like 50 60 to get like a rick nash jersey signed like i wouldn't like if i had an item like a jersey like that to get signed then yeah i would pay the money like that austin like it's also weird too because it's similar to the conversation we had about getting names on jerseys especially when the players like a lot younger than you because before that wasn't a thing now it's a lot of the top players in the nhl are younger than me Every. so yeah <laughs> for me <laughs> so like for like if i had like a pens jersey and sid i would pay like a hundred dollars to get a sid to sign the jersey right i like, think for wearing that ever again no but i would shadow box it kind of like my gimlin one is behind me is yeah, the gimlin think- one signed yes it's signed with a certificate of authenticity. The only thing I have to do is because I also have a signed Jerome McGinley card that Jim got me for my birthday, which is really sick. I want to crack the shadow box open and put the card in there with the jersey, like just before I hang it up. So like the card sits on the bottom with the card certificate of authenticity and then the certificate of authenticity for the jersey and then hang that up in my office here. That would be a sick display. That's the other thing too. Like if it's if it's... If it's one of those things for the collection, then it has to come with a certificate of authenticity. Like behind me, you can't see. I won a basketball signed by the 20... I forget. It's the Blake Griffin, John Wall rookies and sophomores from the All-Star game. It's signed by all of them. And I won it at a, a GameStop uh, EB Games convention uh, at the 2K booth. So like, I'm pretty sure Steph Curry's on there. Um, and Do stuff you like have it. a certificate for it? I so I lost the certificate, but I still have the hollow sticker. So I'm trying to figure out how I can get the certificate like reprinted from the hologram sticker, because um, it has the the authentication number on it. I think I have to contact like the NBA. You probably do. It's probably worth a lot of money. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's a fucking sick basketball. It's a, it is. I'm sick. not. I'm not telling you guys where I live, but like it's. Well, yeah. I know where you fucking live. <laughs> I don't remember what basketball player it was, but I remember watching a TikTok video recently of him like sitting on some talk show and saying, 
Oh yeah, I used to like just buy basketballs from like Dick Sporting Goods and just sign them as the whole team and sell them all the time. <laughs> like, so that's why the certificate of authenticity matters, right? Is necessary. So, yes. <laughs> okay. So funny story on that. So Derek Carr. So what happens with with players when they got to sign shit? They get sent cards either to them or they go to like a day and they sign a shit ton of them, right? A lot of the times, bigger players will get the cards sent to them and then they got to send them back, which is tough because when you get these you want them to be pristine so everybody's got to handle them really nicely right so Derek carr got sent uh, a justin herbert card by accident and instead he tried to sign justin herbert's name but and then he put the score of when the raiders beat the chargers on the (laughs) card and he sent it back and then they then panini put it in the fucking pack and some guy opened and some guy got it and he was like this is not justin herbert's autograph and then Derek carr had to chime in and say that was actually me which is fucking one right there yeah right well speaking of one-on-one what about the video i sent you last night jim so this kid that's that's an older video but it's it's that's why you do it right like so he sent me a video of these kids and they opened this box of triple threads i think it was gold label i don't remember but um the kids open the box and it's a one of one trout otani dual auto and like it's that moment Rookie. that you you put it down and you just step back because you can't believe that that's what you got and that's that's what it's for you're just like like holy shit and that's that that's cool to me i don't know no it's definitely cool especially While for we're kids. on the topic of um memorabilia i saw something interesting at a recent leafs game and i forgot to bring it up on this show and I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, I, I very often will um, inspect, maybe is probably not the best word, but inspect people's jerseys that they wear to games and then just like criticize them for it. It's just something to keep myself occupied while I'm standing there. Um, and this isn't even about like fake jerseys and your DH gate and all that. This was a man who had a Phil Kessel sweater. Okay. But he had like... Okay, so Kessel was 81, so he blocked out part of the 8 to be a 6, and then put an arrow to, like, reverse the 6 and the 1. So the 81 that is now a 6, and then there's an arrow pointing to the 1, and a 1 pointing to the, the 8 that's now a 6, to switch it to be 16. And then he crossed out the word Kessel and wrote in Marner. And I was like, huh. That, that's, you know, that's too... Uh... That's uh now sometimes it's funny to see stuff like that where like I don't know if you had a player who had a similar number to a new player that came in, he like just replaced the name. It's like ah, Or if a guy got traded for another guy and the your guy ended up being better. Right. Then like but like Kessel and Marner don't like they're not connected. Not anyway. Like they're not like there's no irony there. Like if there was irony, like if we, you know, if, if, if Raycroft happened to be better than Rask and, or, or whatever, you know what I mean? Or what have you, then that would have been like at least clever, but this is like, that's not clever. It wasn't clever an, at all. It looked annoying. horrendous. And I don't know if like, and it brings up another conversation altogether, but like, is that era of the Maple Leafs? I know it, it wasn't very successful and the players that played on the team in that time weren't like the most... Uh, fondly remembered, but how do you think we're going to look back at Phil Kessel as a Maple Leaf? And it's the biggest Dion piece of dog Phaneuf. shit. <laughs> no, honestly, I think I think we'll look back at it more fondly, mostly because I think we won't blame them as much as we did then and like 
kind of now. I think we'll kind of look back on it as, especially with the level of success-ish that this team has currently had to say, a lot of that's probably management's fault for not putting more around them, not getting a number one center for Phil, not getting help for Dion, um, not getting proper goaltending at the time for those two guys, right? You know, so I think in hindsight, we'll kind of look back at it in retrospect and say, you know what? They did the best they could while they were here with not a lot of help around them. My thing, I'll, I'll always go back to when they bailed on the crowd and like how pissed off the fan base was and like Wafflegate and all of like the whole, you know, that was the era the Leaf jerseys were hitting the ice and stuff. And like FNUF came in with such, and we didn't give up, like in, in hindsight, we didn't give up too much. Like I think Keith Ollie went the other way or some shit. No, uh, Ollie came like, with him. Ollie, oh. Ollie came with him. It was Carl it was like Matt's. It was Matt, Matt Stajan, Carl, Carl Hagland, Nick, ha- Nick Hagman, um, Nick Hagman, Nick Hagland. <laughs> um, and it was Jamal Mares, I think, went the other way as well. I feel like there might have been one more player. I'm but yeah, the Maple Leafs got all the answers. I was way that. off. But yeah, it's um, it, I don't. He was a different player, and I don't know if he changed or the game changed around him, because he was dummying people, and then he came to the Leafs, and he was like basically non-existent on the physical side of the puck and i've never seen a dude miss a net four feet high as much as dion finuff used to it just didn't work it, 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 i don't know if it was again the situation or him or whatever it just it just it wasn't the right fit it never felt right here's the um the trade it was dion finuff Frederick Schustrom and Keith Ollie to Toronto for Matt Stajan, Nick Hagman, Jamal Mayers, and Ian White. Ian White. That was it. Yeah, so, so not a bad... It was a good hockey trade. It's what it was. And <laughs> I think... it should. They were calling it the second Doug Gilmore trade, right? Because we had fleeced the, the Flames, Flames for Gilmore at the time. Yet Stajan is the one who lasted the longest playing for the Flames, retired as a Flame, and works for the organization. From my understanding. And if you look at it now, Phil Kessel is the initial Ironman with over a thousand games consecutively played. Like the number one record right now of most consecutive played games in the NHL. He passed Keith, Keith Yandel. He is now the guy. So, But he should have been the second line winger on this team, right? Like I think that's kind of going back to what Matt says. Like this team was not set up to win. I think there was probably multiple opinions of how to build a team uh, staffed. And I just... Or they, or they just couldn't figure it out. Like I, too much, too much mediocrity. I think, it, funnily enough, it's kind of where the Raptors are sitting, right? Like they would finish not near the bottom and nowhere near the top, and they just kept getting. But I would be interested to go back and look at the draft picks around that time. I think you're looking at Tyler Biggs, Stuart Percy. Like those are the picks, right? Tyler like none Biggs, of them. That's a name. None of them panned out. No. Nope. And I mean, except Kadri. Kadri worked out. Uh, Luke Shen worked out. So, I mean, anyways, maybe that's a topic for an, a few weeks from now when the Maple Leafs are inevitably eliminated from the playoffs. But before we get to that, Maddie, did you want to add anything to your, uh, your week? The only thing is Taylor made released their P790 Black Phantom irons. Oh, 
I saw you guys posting pictures of this, and I'm like, oh, okay. Let me let me take a look at this uh, link you just posted. <laughs> and then I hit the floor when I saw the price of them. Two grand, right? But they they're so sexy. They're black top to bottom, like they're so hot. Like I, we're Jimmy, we were talking about them yesterday. First thing we said is they're on Klarna. Like I can get that fucking thing. I can get those irons and pay them off, but. I don't think that'd be a good sell to my wife, to be honest, because we're currently planning our next trip to Korea, which is why my friend was here uh, before the podcast, uh, which is why my dog's currently barking. Um, but yeah, we I don't think that would fly with her spending two grand on a set of irons and they're forged irons, too. Those are so much harder to hit. Like you have to be like a single digit handicapper to hit a forged iron. If I'm going to spend $2,000 on golf clubs, I'm going to need like a fucking Mandalorian uh, blacksmith in there in the forge making these things. And like when they hand it to me, they say, this is the way. That's why I'm going to need to spend $2,000 on golf clubs. Speaking of nerd, which that's a soundbite <laughs> you need to get, Jim. You need to get the Homer Simpson nerd soundbite. But... No, I see what you mean, but like Jim can attest this. Like forge irons are very hard to hit, but man, these things are so pretty. Like I would be afraid to hit them because the first scuff I get on them, I'm gonna cry. Well, they can look good if you can't hit them, then they're fucking worthless, right? That's the. I actually, I actually got a funny story about that. So I went to the driving range last summer, and I was there with a friend. Actually, I was there with two friends. I was there with my friend Sean, and then this other girl that we that goes to the gym with us. And this guy, like we're sitting there, we're on the mats and this guy comes up and walks up with these like really nice, like $350 foot joy shoes. He's, you know, got easily like a $1,200 golf bag. It's all like the gloss leather embossed. It has his name on it. The club cover is all nice. He pulls out the clubs. They're all custom clubs. And I'm like, oh shit, like man, this guy is like Canadian amateur or pro, right? Gets up there, stretches the driver out. He's like, you know, warming up, teeing up, swings. Three yards, this ball goes. This guy's learning, and he couldn't fucking hit an iron further than five feet. Yeah, man. I'm you like, can't, money's not going to make your game better, man, unless it's on lessons, dude. Right? And so I was like, oh, man, like that whole set that he brought, the shoes, the clubs, and the bag – easily like 4500 easy and he was garbage and it just brings me back to that number one rule and when you walk into a hockey change room gym or you step on the ice and you see a guy with old shitty beat up gear the best or a guy with brand new gear who are you afraid of the old the guy with the old gear is always the best player you know why because he didn't just, need he didn't need anything else and he was comfortable in it he's just yeah. so comfy he's played so long he doesn't want to change it he doesn't yeah. want to get anything new he because knows, he's just he knows so... things we'll never know. <laughs> just that's it. Exactly. So it's that I equipment guess it's has seen golf. That equipment has seen tons of booze, probably drugs, orgies. Like you just know that it's it's got stories. It'll it's oh, yeah. yeah. In saying that, I'm still wearing the same shin pads I wore when I was twelve years old. Orgies. Like, there's no more padding. It's just plastic on top of my shin. So if I take a shot off those things, I go full flamingo. They're exploding. Like, it's not working. Yeah, those yeah. things are exploding. 
it's yeah. it's yeah but that was my weekend was debating buying those irons but the wife put the quick stop to that she's more okay with me buying a motorcycle for like six grand than she is about me buying irons for two grand so That's the one. what about you man yeah what did you do you were you at greek town wrestling uh no there was no <laughs> greek town wrestling event but there was a uh <laughs> toronto blue jays event that happened uh this past weekend and by event i mean game um so first Jays game I went to this year in Toronto at least. And man, that new Rogers Center. It looks fun. It's fun. So I immediately went to the catch. Did you run? Like this. Did you do oh, like no, the jump? No, 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 no. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. I used to work there and um I always had like different names for people. Like when the people who first come into the building I call those the runners and they were like in a zombie movie getting chased by a zombie and they were running as fast as they could to left field just to catch a baseball that they're going to fucking bother an athlete in the airport to get autographed and then put it up on eBay. One of those pieces of shit, right? Oh, fuck those guys. Or it's going to be like Zach Hample or something running over there to like steal <laughs> baseballs from children. Um, that's another conversation we need to have about like the etiquette of catching uh, foul balls and baseball and what you're supposed to do with them. Nevertheless, I leisurely at my own pace when I walked into the building, went over to left field where, uh, or excuse me, right field where the catch bar is, and it was really cool. Like you, when you walk down there, like you are like right on top of the wall, essentially. Like you can look right over into the field. It's really cool. I didn't realize that not only are the bleacher seats right above the away bullpen are there but like also if you go down the stairs to where the catch is you're standing like level ground with the bullpen like there's just a chain link fence there and you can just peer right in and like give the catcher shit it's pretty awesome and especially like when guys are warming up and you see the pitchers really coming in at like 97 miles per hour you're like fuck oh it, <laughs> how fast it actually is yeah 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 like when you have those like heroes, like you have the guys who watch hockey on TV, like, well, that doesn't look so hard. It's like the game at eye level, like at ice level when you're there is infinitely faster. Like even just going to watch like a high level beer league it is so much faster on the ice than it is just watching it. Same with like football. The amount of time you think a quarterback actually has to throw a ball is not nearly as much as you think it is. And then Dude. when you watch a pitch live like that in person. When I play NFL on fucking meta quest and i'm the quarterback and i'm like who do i throw to, who do I, throw to? <laughs> I feel like i have all day i don't have all day i'm getting sacked all the time right so like seeing a pitch like that as this guy's coming in warming up at like 95 that's probably like you're like oh shit also can we talk about the fucking jabronis that are now ruining this section like already a guy's been kicked out or whatever for throwing beer at the relievers for like and you know kudos to the rest of the jays fans in that area i think most people get it like don't ruin it for the rest of us and they all most of them point that guy out and is like get the fuck out or whatever but it's just dude it's that's the definition of classless you know like even if i don't like a team i respect the players i mean as long as they're decent people i mean right. uh, some like, of the guys on the jays i don't <laughs> I'm, I'm losing respect for like anthony bass i don't respect that guy but it's 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 just so it's so 
like Boston, <laughs> Boston fan to, to do fan. that, you know, like, or I mean, it's, I don't know. It's gross. I mean, you're kind of blessed with this new renovation and that's the, that's, that's what you do. Well, like get imagine out of here, the man. Season. Sorry. Right. Like if some idiot's doing that now on game three of the year, or oh, game three playoffs? of the home, imagine the postseason. Ugh. Like just don't like they gotta find they someone whoever comes up with the invention of an idiot screener is gonna be like get chat GPT or whatever to write the code for an idiot scanner so that they can scan idiots at the front of every friggin' sporting event so that we don't have to have these morons well, ruining what it for they everybody. Need to do is have like you know what they should do is they should scatter regular closed either police officers like off duty or security guards in those stands so if someone does something stupid they're like you're gone amateur mma fighters and they just beat the shit out of the guys oh <laughs> <They> just <laughs> half of them are amateur mma fighters because half those guys are from woodbridge i'm just i'm just envisioning like joint boy from uh <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> from right? he just stands up <laughs> hey you over here just beats the fuck out of him you just see Wayne stand up out of nowhere yeah, and start unbuttoning uh, yeah. his cups. I gotta watch the no new time. season of that. Yeah. So, but you didn't you didn't experience anything like that, did you? Uh, no. But <laughs> I, I think I okay. So I think I realized that I don't like being around other people. No, like, me neither, just, dude. Welcome to the club. It's man, there's just so many weird people out there and not just like guys throwing beer cans, but like I was with a, a group of people and one of the people that I was with was drinking a Bud Light and like some other guy was like giving him shit about it. It's like, are you drink a Bud Light? I was like, are we fucking having this conversation right now? Like here and game? now? Yeah. Like at all, let alone here now, right? Like. Ugh, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Like, so that's what like. In that moment, I'm like, I don't want to interact with the human race right now. Like, these are such stupid fucking people. And it just ruins it. Like, between that, yeah. like, I'm sure there was vile chirps. Like, chirps are funny, but, like, when it gets disgusting and vile, like, it's not funny. So, between those things and then the wave, like, it's just not, <laughs> it's just not <laughs> yeah. worth it, man. Yeah, there is a lot of people trying to do the wave when it was like bases loaded and i'm like guys can we just put a pause on this for a second i just want to watch what happens here i don't need like yeah. everyone standing up every two seconds to try to start this fucking wave it okay it reminds me of like wrestling fans in a way where they're like oh i'm gonna start a chant because the show's about me yeah like, i don't give a fuck what's happening in the ring right now i'm gonna start a stupid chant and that and, like, was that's that the was highlight me. of their life that was me at a time like all oh, full honesty, I used to do shit at events to 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 try and be funny and get attention. But then I fucking grew up, and yeah, I realized, you're not anymore. Oh yeah, I'm not. It's not about me, you know. It's not about. It's not even really. It's about not even really about my experience. You know what I mean? It's about Raven. <laughs> it's about <laughs> <laughs> solid <laughs> reference. But anyways, I so I eventually did venture to all the other places too, and. Um, what really stood out to me was the Corona rooftop patio or whatever. Man, this whole game, it was like a club in there. Singles night. Yeah. It was. I mean, I, now it was a Friday night and the first Friday night of the first homestand. So maybe it'll be different later in the season. But and there's a hotel attached to. So, I mean, dude, like there was live music playing all throughout the game. Like the yeah. music didn't stop. 
and the bar was lined up all night and people were just hanging out and like it was See, some of the hottest like girls you would seen in your life and you're like what is happening right now i don't know if i like that you know well it's like wanna... it's like going to the bar to watch the game on tv you're going to the bar essentially to watch the live game essentially but yeah but i think like i want to see the game grow because of the game not because it's got a bar do you know what i mean like i don't i want people well, to go because they're fan and i guess again at the end of the day it doesn't matter what the fuck i want but in my in my humble opinion we should be trying to grow the game because the jays are good and baseball is a wonderful sport like the people up there like if you were to ask them hey do you know what a fucking I was going to say, you know what a DP is, but half of them probably do. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't know what you're talking about, man. And that, that kind of bothers me. I don't know. So, I mean, if you look at it a couple different ways, one, it's like those people who are in that Corona rooftop bar weren't going to spend $150 on a ticket behind home plate anyways. So you got 20 bucks out of them to be a GA ticket holder. He spent way too much money at the bar, and then you got your 150 bucks right there. So it was areas that weren't selling tickets anyways that they blew out and put these social spaces in. So if it generates extra money for the team, I think that's the goal. I got, so. a, I, I got a question regarding like something like the Karuna, Karuna, Corona rooftop bar. Is it something where, like, I'm assuming you went with one other person into just like a friend or something to just go catch a game and hang out, watch it and shit. Uh, sort of. So like, it was one of those things where it's like, I'm going with this person and they're like, Oh yeah, my sister's going too. And like, oh, okay, cool. And then like, I messed another friend. He's like, Oh yeah, I'm already going to this game. I'll meet you there too. Okay. And then my sister messaged me like, Oh yeah, I'm going to the game. So like, I met like a whole bunch of people there, but we didn't like all, we all individual or independently made plans to go to this game. So that's okay. kind of the interesting thing I think is that you could, there have been multiple times where you're like, oh, my buddy's going to the game. And you could hypothetically just meet up and hang out instead of being like, okay, well, I'll go back to my seat now. Like, you could just abandon. So, right. My point was, is more, do you think it would be something like that would be more enjoyable for you if you were like going with like three or four buddies and being like, hey, the Jays are playing fucking Marlins. You know what? 20 bucks let's go down to the game go hang out at the rooftop bar catch the game we'll all hang out and shit like that do you think that'd be more enjoyable experience than you know jay's yankees on you know a saturday afternoon where they're both fighting for top of the division and like do you think the situation in the game matters yes and i see what your point but like i would do something like that just buy the 20 dollar ticket and go hang out with if i have a bunch of friends there but I wouldn't up the Corona bar and because was it, it was so, it was so packed. It was crazy how many people were up there and it wasn't exclusive to the Corona one. Cause if you went to park social, it would have been the same thing. It, if you went down to the catch bar, it would have been the same thing. It, all of them, they're all like lit every single one of them. Now I, I mainly point at the Corona one because that one had live music like throughout the entire game. Um, the other ones I think are a little less party atmosphere but still like it's not like you can just go in there and watch the game because there's just so many people there and you're just seeing a mass of bodies like you can't see the game from there so unless you're getting there immediately as gates open and you become a runner like you're zach fucking hample 
and then you go and stay and camp out at one of these places, that's the only way you're going to be able to watch the game from these social spaces. But then it's shitty because you run there and you rush there and it's like, okay, great. But then what if you want to drink and it's like you have to, you're screwed because you're giving up yep. your spot and no one's giving that shit back. Nope. Whatever. So that's the situation with the Rogers Center right now. It, I, I think it's going to calm down as we get into the season, but... Uh, might as well stick with some Blue Jays news while we're on the topic of the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, Alec Manoa got lit up again. And um, I, I think it's funny just because of how much um, other players were trash talking Alec Manoa about how he uh, handles himself when he's on the mound and how he chirps everybody while he's striking them out. And now the season has started and Alec Manoa can't strike anybody out. Um, are you guys concerned? Yes. I yeah. my concern is and I, I don't know if I messaged this in the other discord or if I was it was just something I was talking to Jim or texting with or whatever. Um, my concern is that he didn't put in the work in the offseason to improve. He might have done the same thing he does every year. But instead of saying, hey, I was successful last year, I have to hit a next level. <laughs> Jay's next level. I have to kind of hit that take that next step i need to improve what i'm doing in the offseason or i need to do more in the offseason i need to focus and put so i think he was just kind of okay with the status quo not understanding that this is the big leagues they have yards and yards and yards of videotape on you that teams you may have caught them off guard last year because they don't have a lot of readily available footage but now they're preparing for you before they're like, Hey, this is kind of what he does. This is what he likes to throw here. counts on this and that. Now they have the video to back up what they're looking at. And I feel like instead of him understanding that he was just like, Oh, I was good last year and what I did work. So I'm just gonna do the same thing. Yeah. I feel like the hangover, like he didn't have a very good end to last year. If I remember correctly. Um, I feel like he was the game one starter in the playoffs and it did not work out very well. No. Um, you know, pressures for tires. Um, the thing, I think he's got to find three pitches to focus on, uh, and, and figure out how to locate. Um, you know, he's saying like, oh, I don't worry about my velocity until I get my mechanics and I feel comfortable. I heard that like a quote, then he worries about that, but I feel like he needs to figure those mechanics then. <laughs> like it just... I don't know, man. Like he's got junk, and he's really got to learn to rein that in and, and locate. I think. I mean, the the pitches have dirty movement. Um, not many players in the league can throw stuff like that anymore. It's just you got to attack the strike zone. It's just it's embarrassing, and like people, like he's getting it pretty bad on social media. Like people are taking shots at the guy's weight. Like he's getting he's getting made fun of for the tire comment. Like it's just. Dude's getting roasted. Which is kind of unfair, I think, about the whole weight thing. Like, if the guy can do his job, like, no one gave a shit about CC Sabathia, and then he lost the weight, and he couldn't pitch, so then he put it back on, and he became a Cy Young-type level pitcher again, right? Like, so I think that's kind of irrelevant a little bit, depending on, and again, every situation is different, every individual is different, but man, the, like you said, the way that last season ended, the way his opening day start was this year, and then that last outing, like your first pitch is a hit batter. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, come on. Which man. they, which is, is that the Diaz, right? 
Yeah. They were saying that that was intentional, but I don't see how it was. I don't like. Do they have history? I don't know. I don't know if it was, but Manoa has a history of being pretty wild. So he was probably all amped up to start the game and lost lost control of one. I don't think it was intentional. I could be wrong, but I don't think it was. He's he hits a lot of guys. Like I think he led the league last year and hit batters. So yeah. And there was a joke in the All Star game because he plunked somebody, and it was a big joke. They were like talking to him on the interview mic thing, and he was just like, "Oh, I'm going to try not to," and he did, and they were all laughing about it. I want to get, obviously going to give him a few more starts before I start worrying too much about it. The Jays are still one of the best teams in their division, and had the Tampa Bay Rays played major league ball clubs to start the season, they the Jays would be the number one team in the division right now. So we'll see. Hold off on the Rocky Romero or Rocky Romero, Ricky Romero. Did I just say Rocky Romero? You sure did. Well, that that pro wrestling will seep into your brain and infect it. I know, right? It happens. It happens to the best of us sometimes. Also, one of the quick stories we want to throw out there is the uh, Jalen Hurts gets a new contract. Five years. $255 $255 million, 179 of which are guaranteed. This will make Jalen Hurts the highest paid player in the NFL, making $51 million. $51 million a season. Listen, paid. if nothing else, this, uh, I think, is a good illustration why you should have a team of agents and people around you to negotiate for you and not your mother. Did you hear the story about his agent? She, he didn't have an agent, and she just DM'd him on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. She's like, hey, I hear you're not represented. Why don't you let me represent you? And she just threw a Hail Mary was like, I'll never hear from him. He's like, you know what? Let's do this. And now she negotiated the contract of the highest paid player in the she, NFL history. She's, she's a shark, man. All women Yo, management ruthless. team. The dude has an all woman management team. Yep. Yeah. Which is incredible. And you know what the thing is though? Like it's nice to see. I mean, I don't know if it's nice to see. I don't know why I just said that. It's uh, <laughs> Jalen hurts. I mean, like, okay, let me put it this way. It's nice to see someone paid more than Deshaun Watson. Um, but I, Jalen Hurts is only the highest paid player in football until the next guy's contract runs out. Like that's how this league is moving. It's just the next guy's like Herbert or Burroughs contract's going to run out and they're going to be the highest paid. And then another guy's con- and then they're going to be the, like, that's just how it's going to go. Well, that's kind of what Lamar Jackson is hoping for. Right. But well, here Lamar doesn't have an agent and doesn't play full seasons. Could you imagine if Patrick Mahomes was a UFA this year? Or was due for a contract this year? Yeah, he would definitely be over $51 million. Easy. Like, but, I wouldn't be surprised no, if he To be fair, I, I believe to Mahomes be is getting like $45 million right now. So it's not right. like he's, he's hurting for money. But yeah, yeah. for sure. Do you, think, do you think if he were to renegotiate, say, in the next year or two, do you think he would go north of sixty-five? No, I think he gets close to 60. It depends, though. Again, it depends on who's... And that's the thing, right? Who's... Like, is, J- is Jalen Hurts the best quarterback in the NFL? No. But no. he's the highest you paid could player say he's in the, the NFL. second best. No. I wouldn't even no, say that. Why not? But no, you can't... Like, you could make a... There's an argument. There's a conversation. Argument. 
there's a conversation there, yes. Right, um, but the fact that he was as good as he was in the Super Bowl, there's an argument to be made that as of today, he's the second best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, but I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, like, it's not reflective of like the pay is not reflective of the the players standing in the league. I think the pay is reflective of what he means to the team, which I think is in some ways how it should be, right? Like he he's a, a central part of how that team operates and he's getting paid like a central part of how that team operates. I from, from a Lamar perspective, I don't again, I don't I know everyone tie every contract that comes up until Lamar signs somewhere or goes somewhere is going to flow into this, but again, I I don't know that I think Lamar's too heavy on one side of the the spectrum in terms of a, a dimensional player. Whereas as Hertz has proven that he can do pretty much all of it. He can run, he can pass, you know, he can make plays under pressure. Um I don't know Lamar has an MVP, but I don't know that Lamar's arm is, is up to the same way that Hurt like Hertz has a good arm. Despite being a running quarterback. So Yeah. I don't think you have to change your, your playbook to acquire Jalen Hurts the way you would have to Lamar. Well, I mean, the Ravens are at least making some changes. They've added Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> so we'll see how that works out. Thanks, Dustin, but from man, the New York I, Jets. I, I can't wait <laughs> to start this NFL season just to see the circus that's going to be the Baltimore Ravens. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. But nice what trade is going to be fantastic is the NHL playoffs that start tonight. And tonight we have the Hurricanes and the Islanders. That game will be on supposedly Sportsnet 360, but I'm going to call shenanigans on that one since tonight is Monday, and that's where Monday Night Raw airs. But nevertheless, I'm sure you can find it somewhere on the Sportsnet family of networks since, for whatever reason, they have the entire NHL playoffs for in Canada. As ESPN right 2 on the guide, it's on there. Didn't they put oh, Raw on OLN once? Check OLN. <laughs> yeah, it's very possible Monday Night Raw will be on OLN tonight. That's okay. I don't Yeah, it is. Care. Ah. It's, on, it's on OLN. And that is a great illustration of how many people are going to be watching the NHL playoffs rather than watching Monday Night Raw, <laughs> especially now since the crazy man is back. Um, the Islanders and the Hurricanes, that's the game happening on Sportsnet 360 tonight at 7 o'clock. And then we have the Bruins and the Panthers. Dude. That's going to be on all the Sportsnet regional channels and CBC, as well as ESPN in the States. Then we have... Game one of the Stars and the Wild. That's happening on Sportsnet 360 and ESPN2. That'll be 9.30 p.m. Eastern time tonight. And then Gorgeous. the Oilers and the Kings happen on ESPN and all the Sportsnet regionals as well as CBC at 10 p.m. tonight. So, gentlemen, where do you want to start with these games? You want to go in order from the first game? Because we made a bracket, ladies and gentlemen. We made a bracket, and what we wanted to do is then share that uh, league with all of you, and you can uh, put in your picks as well, and we can have a whole fun thing with it. But the NHL bracket website fucking sucks. So it doesn't work. So it's not going to happen. We'll just tell you what our brackets are, tell you what our brackets are, and uh, we'll have some fun with it to see who is aligned with each other and who is not. So I'm going to pull up my bracket, and we might as well start with the first game that's going to be happening it is, of course, the Islanders and the Carolina Hurricanes. The Islanders, who 
barely found their way into the playoffs. Let's keep that in mind. Against the Carolina Hurricanes, who are a bunch of jerks, and all season have been at the top of the NHL standings. I rematch. have rematch. Well, I have the too. New York Islanders winning this series in seven. This, because this was a good series. I think it's going to be a hell of a series. I think the Islanders are a team that I know it's cliche to say, but they've been playing playoff hockey for the past month. Like they are been fighting tooth and nail to get into this spot. Whereas the hurricanes have been kind of like the Bruins and the Maple Leafs and the lightning where they've just been coasting and none of these games matter to them down the stretch. Whereas the Islanders have had to figure some shit out going down the stretch. So that's my pick Islanders in seven for this one. No, I remember last year, last year's series being very, I remember them trading off. Was it that the series they traded wins off? It was like one win, one, the other. I don't know. I remember being good though. Um, here's my thing. The Islanders can't score. So I'm going to go with the Hurricanes in six. I know they're missing Svechnikov, but I think the Hurricanes are like a win-by-committee type team. They, they're just a well-built team. Uh, the goaltending edge I'll give to the Islanders, but... I don't know, man. You talk that the Islanders have been, they have been playing playoff hockey. And I, did they win to get in, or did someone win for them to get in or lose? A little bit of both. Mm. So I don't know. I think I think Carolina's just too strong, especially on the back end. Brett Pesci, Slavin. Um, who else is back there? Shea. Yeah, Brady Shea. What's your pick, Manny? Uh, for that one, I have the Hurricanes in six. Um, Same as me. I do think the Islanders are lucky to have Sorokin, who's arguably a top five goalie in the league. Um, but I just I think the Hurricanes are kind of in the interesting position of just they've kind of been through the playoff grind before. They kind of know what to expect. The guys are ready and i have faith in rod brindamore to motivate this team to get them through so as much as i do like pieces the islanders have i think top to bottom it's just the hurricanes is just wave after wave after wave after wave yo shout out also stefan nosen nason nosen who used to be a leaf and is like one of the the premier players on the hurricanes <laughs> yeah so carter verhagen he put up 42 fucking goals this year I had Carter Verhage on my fantasy team this and year. And same with Jared McCann, who was a leaf for all three seconds. I don't, I don't want to talk about Jared McCann. I don't want to talk about Jared McCann. So, yeah. Canes in six. Canes in six. I have the Islanders in seven. James, remind me what your pick was. Canes in six. Canes in six as well. So There's also another Eastern Conference matchup happening tonight, and it will be the Bruins versus the Panthers. Of course, that series will be in Boston. And I have absolutely no um, <laughs> no confidence in the Florida Panthers at all, uh, regardless of Carter Verhage scoring as many goals as he did. I sincerely hope it will be a quick dusting out of the playoffs because I really don't like Eric Stahl or uh, Mark Stahl anymore. But nevertheless, um, I picked... 
the Panthers to get one win. So it would be the Bruins in five for me. I mean, same thing for me. Yeah, I have Bruins in five as well. I, <laughs> there you go. But here's the thing. I hope that each game is a really long game. I, I hope that the Panthers give them some sort of competitive resistance. Or grind um, them. Grind them a little bit. Uh, but I, you're right. I don't. This Boston team has been operating at peak performance all season. I don't see them stopping for the Panthers. Then again, everyone references when Tampa got swept by the Jackets. So who knows, man? It, who's starting in goal for Florida? Is it Bob? It might be Spencer Knight. Or it might be Alex Lyon. I don't know. I got to take a look. But, you know, there's always playoff magic somewhere in this this league. So, I mean, remember when the Kings came in as the eighth seed and then went all the way and won the cup, right? So, but, I mean, we haven't seen a team like this Boston team in a long, long time. The next matchup, we have the Detroit, uh, <laughs> Detroit Stars. That's not a thing. The Dallas Stars taking on the Minnesota Wild. I think Dallas is a team to keep your eye on for this playoff run. Of course, Mason Marchment, former Maple Leaf. Keep that in mind, as Mason Marchment has one hell of a run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think uh, Max Domi was a very sneaky pickup for them that not a lot of people are talking about. And, of course, they have an incredible, at least incredible forward core. I'm still not totally uh, convinced on uh, Jake Odinger. But, nevertheless, I am taking the Dallas Stars to win this one. And I put him down for six games uh, over the Minnesota Wild. I have Dallas and six as well. But, dude, I think you're underselling Jake. Uh, I think he's one of the better goaltenders in this league i don't i'm not sold on him i don't i i I agree that he's had a good year i just i'm not uh, the wilder that that's gonna low-key that'll be one of the best series to watch in this whole playoffs those both those teams are are very like they're gamers right um you're right though i don't i don't it could easily be wild in seven but uh I'm picking Dallas and six. You're right. I think the Max Domi pickup is sneaky. I think the, you know, the Dallas, I don't know, man. They've just been so good all year. And I think Jake Ottinger's is a hell of a goaltender. I'm, I'm not too sure about their bottom back end of their defensive pairings. I mean, Heiskanen's great. Um, but they have a lot of, like, under-the-radar firepower up front. Like, Rupe Heinz. Like, they're just... They're just all around good, you know? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think Jason Robertson's having a fantastic year. I think Jamie Benn is your typical absolute playoff beast that you want going into the playoffs. Um, Sagan looks healthier than he has in recent years. Um, And yeah, like I'm a big Mira Heiskanen fan. I think he is kind of underrated for uh demon league sorry i muted there for a sec because i sneezed but i i just like the way dallas is built i feel like they just kind of consistently go out there and do business it's not sexy it's not um 
it's not anything that you're going to be like, oh my God, they play high octane or they complete you, shut you down. They're just efficient in what they do. Uh, so I think, I think it'll go the stars way. I also don't, I have questions on the health of Kirill Kaprizov and also to the depth of the wild, because that bottom line with like, and it depends on how much he plays with Ryan Reeves and shit like that. I don't know how they, I don't know how they stack up with the stability in terms of depth with the stars. So I have Dallas in seven. Yeah, and the the, the gamer depth on the stars is like they have Yanni Hockenpah on the back end who's going to demolish you. I know I said I wasn't a fan of too much. I'm talking about like the Colin Millers and the stuff like that and the Niels Lundqvist. Um, but the Yanni Hockenpah will, will pace you in the ground. Dude, and no, name nobody's mentioned yet. We should. Joe Pavelski. Like the guy's just ageless and he just finds a way to contribute and to be a focal point no matter what. And I, I just, you know, I have guys that kind of deserve a cop. Man, that guy deserves a crack at it. I'm not saying I want him to win, but man, like the fact that we, we, we consistently think it's the, the last year for, for Joe and that he continues to outperform our expectations is just incredible. He had 77 points yeah. last year. Which is crazy. He's been a hell of a player for the Stars. Now, the last game that will happen today will be game one of the Kings and the Oilers. And of course, this is a contentious topic for most people in Canada. The Edmonton Oilers are, have, in a way, been like the West Coast Maple Leafs of a team that has all the all the tools to do it, but just have yet to put it all together. And will this be the year for the Edmonton Oilers? Will this be finally the time that they show the world that, you know, having the best player in the world actually help is helpful <laughs> in terms of winning hockey games. Having Connor McDavid actually is a good thing. And I have in my bracket, the Edmonton Oilers winning this series in seven games so it's going to be a dogfight. it's going to be right down to the wire it might even be in overtime in game seven but i feel like you can't keep them down for this long the oilers are going to triumph over the kings i agree i have the oilers in seven as well although there are a lot of things of the kings game that i like they have the two best shut down centerman in the league with Kopitar and Philip Deneau. And I think us as Leaf fans can all remember what Philip Deneau did to the Leafs with a lesser team around him in Montreal. Uh, Alex Copley has been fantastic for the Kings this year. I really like kind of how he's played and, you know, especially with the exit of Jonathan Quick and which you could argue was a safety net for him, I think has been awesome. Uh, to see how he's played through and kind of getting this team in and not even just getting them in. Like they've been in the top two, three of that division pretty much all season, right up until the end. Um, I also really like Kevin Fiala. I always liked him when he was in Nashville. I think he's great playing on the Kings with guys like Adrian Kempe who play a similar style of game. So I do like a lot of the things that the Kings bring. Um, 
would I be surprised if the Kings won in seven? No. This one was definitely a tough toss up between like there's two or three series where I looked at thinking those are harder to predict. But saying all that, I do think it'll be the Oilers in seven. Yeah, I mean, I had the initially had the Oilers in five. And I'm going to say the reason being that I think the addition of Matias Ekholm is being undersold on that team. I think it slots a lot of their defensemen into the right place. Like you're not relying on Darnell Nurse so much. You don't have to rely on, you know, Cody CC minutes and stuff like that. Again, the only question, God forbid the Oilers, Stuart Skinner goes down. Uh, they're in mucho trouble if they, like so if Stuart Skinner f- goes down or he doesn't play up to expectations then they have to rely on Jack Campbell and if I'm looking at the the Kings you're paying Jack Campbell five million dollars just you better be able to rely on him <laughs> uh, well, right? but the crux is that for the Oilers you know they're going to score you know they're going to defend okay the, right yeah the other piece is the Oilers and I'm going to do my Brian Windhorse the Oilers were 30, almost 33% on the power play. And a lot of their guys scored a lot of their goals and got a lot of their points on the power play. Those power plays aren't coming. I know they say that the power plays were called differently last year. They're, they're st- they're, the same calls aren't going to be made this year. The borderline uh, calls that you get aren't getting the calls that you get in the yes the calls that you get in the regular season aren't coming, like they might call the penalties to a, they might call they might call penalties to a different degree than previous playoffs or they might match the volume of the regular season, but the type of penalties that were called won't be called the same, and that's not going to work in the Oilers' favor. So I'm going to say I, Oilers. Yeah. I'm going to say Oilers in six. But I had him in five. I I agree. I do think when you have such a reliance, on, I do think the power play will matter for the Oilers in this playoffs. But if they say the Oilers will win because their p- power play was so good in the season is kind of... Because if you think if they won a lot of their games hypothetically four to three, you would argue then one or two of those goals are probably on the power play. So if you look at it in that respect, you could probably shave one or two goals off of their production number going into the playoffs. And for a Kings team where the one thing I will say, if the Kings get a lead, the Oilers are in serious trouble. Like if the Kings go up in a game two to nothing or three to one, if you're the Oilers, you're, you're sweating. Yep. It's interesting stat that, (laughs) If you look at, of all the goals scored so far this season, or I shouldn't say so far, of all the goals scored in the 2023 season, the m- only two teams scored over 300 goals. And that would be the Boston Bruins, who scored 305 goals. And then number one was the Edmonton Oilers, who scored 325. So they scored like 20 more goals than the second place team in terms of goals scored. And how did they defend compared to the rest of the league? Well, they're probably about middle of the pack. For <laughs> they're uh, 260 goals against the Bruins were 177. So 
the Bruins stopped about 90 more <laughs> goals than so, than uh, Edmonton did. So there's the difference of why the Bruins were as good as they were, right? And we all know offensive production goes down in the playoffs. It's it is tighter what it game, is. not as loosey goosey. Yeah, everything's tighter. Teams play tighter. Um, calls don't go the same way. So less power play opportunities, less power play goals. And when you have a team like the LA Kings, who for years have been one of the heavy defensive teams or at least stingy teams in the NHL. Um, if it could, it could very well be like the least were last year. Great power play. If you can't score, you're not getting the power play calls and you can't score five on five. I mean, that's, and that's what you're relying on. And I think that's why they, a lot of people say, well, you can't build your team success based off of the power play going into the playoffs because those calls and those opportunities aren't there so i mean i do think the Oilers will win but i mean like you i know, said yeah. i would not be surprised and especially like think like you said the game changes there's no three on three there's no shootout the game continues and the more overtimes you tack on the less power plays are coming right and that's the thing like are you gonna trust the oilers in a second overtime like maybe maybe mcdavid out energizes everyone but you're not getting the power play you're not getting but the same opportunities you're not doing three on three do you have more faith in say say you're in a double overtime are you more confident saying we have mcdavid he'll score or are you more worried that we have Jeff or not Jeff Skinner? We have Stuart Skinner in net, and he's going to let one in and double over. Better not have Jeff Skinner in net. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, are you more confident of McDavid scoring, or are you more worried about Skinner letting yeah. one in? I think you're more worried about Skinner. Yeah. Right. There you go. Like the likelihood of him giving up the goal is more likely than McDavid scoring a double overtime winner. To be honest, in my there. mind. There you go. For context, the Edmonton Oilers led the league in 89 power play goals this year. There you go. The next closest team, I think, was like the Ottawa Senators of 72 or something. So so cut, I would say, out of that 89, you probably got to cut like 20, 20 off that going to the playoffs. Like in terms of if you were to like aggregate it and like prorate it to what the playoffs would be, I think you've got to narrow that down quite a which bit. Which if you think about it, yeah, it's a lot. Yep, 32% success rate, which is the only team in the NHL that had a uh, success rate in the 30s for percentage. Who was second? Oh. Uh, you're going to make me look at the whole I list. Think it was there, least. Right, there were two sure. or three. <laughs> um, so far, the highest I see other than them is the Maple Leafs at 26%. And yeah, Maple Leafs, 26% was your second best power play. There you go. But... Even with a power play like that, they still weren't best in the league. What does that tell you? Like in terms of best team, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so uh, I, that's exactly like sometimes it's more important to stop the goals than it is. Oh, to, dude, uh, yeah, they the were goals. getting shelled at times, right? Or they were they were winning like six five games or something. Oh, there's a lot of games where they were up four to one and then collapsed. Like there was about four straight games where they had four one leads going into the third and gave it up and lost. Well, we all we know all about those four one leads in the third period, and uh, we'll get to that in a second. Let's uh, jump ahead to all the games starting tomorrow, though. Game one of the Devils and the Rangers will happen on TBS in the U.S. That's a fun one, as well as Sportsnet three hundred and sixty in Canada. 
here, it, man, the Devils and the Rangers. That's an interesting one to me because mainly because of geographics. <laughs> I look at it like, man, it would be so fun to be a hockey fan in that area of the world. But if you look at like the Islanders and the Rangers and the Devils all kind of an hour drive, assuming there was no traffic in your way, it'd be an hour to get between all three buildings. But I have it as the Rangers in six. I think the Rangers might be the, other than Boston, they're probably the team to beat in the Eastern Conference. There is just so much firepower up front for the New York Rangers. It is obscene, the talent that they have up front that can score goals. If you look at Panarin and Zibanejad and Terrence Sanko that they added near the trade deadline. Plus, they have an asshole like Barclay Goudreau. Patrick Kane was added to that team at the deadline as well, who hasn't made it a significant impact yet, but look out for when the playoffs start. And then Shesterkin has been a solid goaltender for some time now while he's been in the league, ever since taking that job over, honestly. I have the range. Okay, so full disclosure, I don't think we're going to go through our whole uh, bracket on today's episode. I think we can save some of these second round for when they happen and save the conference finals when they happen. But I do have the Rangers going to the cup final against the Dallas stars in my bracket with uh, the Dallas stars ending up winning the Stanley cup is my pick of this whole thing. So I have the Rangers over the devils in six games. The guy just had the devils or the stars picked as his cup winner. He's like, I'm not sold on Jake Onger. And he thinks the stars are going all the way. I'm saying I'm not sold on him, but I think he can still do it, and he can have this opportunity to prove <laughs> me wrong. Sounds like you're sold on him, sir. Um, yeah, I got the same. I had the Rangers in six, but I think the Devils put up a hell of a fight, man. I think like I don't think they're going to be the just happy to be here Devils. I really don't. Um, it's. I feel bad. I I do feel bad. Timo Meyer's been kind of a bust for like for as much as they were. Like, he was sought after, and everyone Timo Meyer, Timo Meyer. I don't feel like it's made that much of a difference in the devil season um, on the back half of it. So I don't know. I think this is going to be a learning year for the devils that they they will continue to grow and be strong and, and come on and, and probably be a good seven to eight year competitive team. But this year is, is about these guys figuring out, like they don't have a lot of veteran presence on that team. So this year is definitely a learning year for a lot of those guys. So, yeah. But I do think they steal a couple from the Rangers because I think there are uh, cracks in the Rangers' armor. I don't think they are as unbeatable as some people think. I think the Leafs proved it um, the other night. And I'm going to say, yeah. But still, the Rangers in six. I think the Devils are currently where the Leafs were the first year or two with Austin Matthews coming in. Um, it, it seems eerily similar where they have their defense kind of feels the same. Their goaltending kind of feels the same. Um, the high-end forwards, the guys that play with pace with kind of not terrible defensemen, but guys that you're just like, they're really good, but they're not like upper, upper echelon of the NHL. Um I do think it'll be a different beast for guys like Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer kind of coming in, um, Jesper Blatt, guys like that, I think will be, it'll be 
a bit of a shock. And I think with if the Rangers get up two games, I think it will be over. I do think the Rangers win in seven. Um, I think the Devils will play tough, like you said, like as a tough out, not like a tough type of hockey, but I think they will give the Rangers quite a bit. I just think Shesterkin is arguably the second best goalie in the league. So I have a lot of faith in that. And then as Dustin said, with that insane firepower up front, Tarasenko, Panarin, Zabinijad, Kako, Lafreniere, uh, Patrick Kane. Um, and then on the back end, you know, Schneider looks like he's really coming into it and will be invaluable in the playoffs as a, you know, really good defensive defenseman. And then you have Adam Fox who won the Norris just a couple years ago. So I just think, I think the Rangers are a very well built team. I do think, like you said, there's cracks in that armor, but yes, I do. I, I think the Rangers in seven, but I think that'll be a really good series, especially because a lot of those fans from both teams will be at a lot of those games. We're going to skip over the last matchup of the Eastern Conference. I want to circle back to that one near the end. We're going to talk about the two more Western Conference matchups. First, we have something that is going to be a departure so far from all of my picks. All of my picks so far has been, you know, this team in five or this team in seven or this team in six. This is the first sweep that I'm calling. And I am calling the Golden Knights to sweep the Jets right out of the playoffs i think the jets have no business being here i think the golden knights have been a very good team all year the jets i just don't see how anything on this team is something i want (laughs) you know like i look at their roster i'm like i don't like any of these players and i don't i don't see how this can end well for them so uh vegas golden knights handily in four games dust the jets right out of the playoffs I'm going to do, <laughs> do another Brian Winhorse here. Um, the uh, I, I think I think you're misappropriating the Jets. I think the Jets have a an abnormally strong decor next to one of the better goaltenders in the league. And don't forget, the Jets were near the top of the league in January, and they they did give it up almost entirely into the playoffs. You know, Connor Hellebuck is a world beater and can win a series on his own. Uh, they have the one of the Norris candidates. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's going to Carlson, but I'm you know, and I think the forwards play with pace on the Jets. I'm going to ask you a question, Dustin. Who is the goaltender for the Vegas Golden Knights? Jonathan Quick. Am I right? I mean, I assume it's not going to be Jonathan Quick, but I I think that's the way they're going to go, but I would hope that's not the way they're going to go. Right. Who do they go with then? Laurent Boissois? I mean, it could be Aiden Hill. <laughs> there's no way. There's no way it's Laurent Boissois. I think they're going to go with Laurent Bossois. I think that's what they're going to go with. That's terrible. So, and that's what I'm saying. I don't, dude. And this, Jack Eichel's never played a playoff game. This is his first playoff game in his career. Mark I don't held together with rubber bands and band aids. Right. The, listen, the Vegas defense is so good. 
uh, Alec Martinez, Braden McNabb, Shea Theodore, Alex Petrangelo. They're fantastic. I really like Martinez. Like he's the type of guy who would Me block too. a shot with his teeth. But outside of Jack Eichel, like, and I know they got Barbashev from St. Louis. I don't. I don't know, man. That second line of Carlson, Smith, and Kessel. Like, I don't. Phil I just Kessel, I don't buddy. know. Mister Iron know. Man, Phil Kessel. So I mean, he Kessel is historically a monster in the playoffs. I know. Like, he almost I know. won a Conn Smythe. He's he's got a few Stanley Cup rings. So. I'm gonna go on a limb and say Jets in seven. Oof. 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 That's our first divergent pick. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, because I no took... from one end to another. Well, I took the Yumi took the Canes where Dustin took the Islanders. Didn't we do this last year and I dusted you guys? Yes. But... Well, yes. And I think you also, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you make your pick, Jim? Yeah, I said Jets and seven. Okay. And Dustin made his pick. He said Vegas and what? Four. Four. Wow. Okay. Um, I have Vegas and six for. Every reason I think this goes six for what Jimmy made and every reason why Vegas wins it for Dustin made. <laughs> I I just think, well, yes, the Vegas, the not D, their goaltending is going to be suspect. Um, their decor is much, much better to support quick than he had in L.A., I think. Um, also, to think with like familiarity with Alec Martinez will help him quite a bit. Um, it's kind of underrated how much that kind of familiarity with a D man and a goalie is. I think up front, the Kings or the Golden Knights look good. Um, I think the Jets are, I think they're a very, very flawed team. I think there's a lot of gaping holes. I think outside of Josh Morrissey, that D looks a little sus. So I think it's going to be Vegas and six. It'll be, I don't know if this is a Dustin S transition. It'll be no work of art. <laughs> you know, that's a great point, Maddie, because this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, <laughs> and video games. Sourced from galleries in the US and UK, which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A or .com. And make sure you visit nowyourtreasures on Instagram and send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order i have no idea what you guys are laughing at so the much dude, but he, you have no he, idea how difficult that murdered, was to do while you guys are laughing he murdered his knee on the oh. on his desk and he was like yeah. he was gonna scream but it was in the middle of your ad read so he muted his microphone and basically did the peter griffin where he's like ah, ah. so jim knows the desk i have there's a cup holder here and there's like a little edge to it in like a corner and I went to turn, and as I turned, I kind of went back a bit, and the knee came up, and just the corner dug right into the top of my kneecap. Yeah. It just, it was bad, and I didn't want to, like, cut you off, so, like, I muted the mic just before the 
oh, came out. Well, I appreciate you muting the microphone for that, but that you, was man. that that would have been pretty funny to hear it though. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, Avalanche Kraken is the yeah. final Western game happening in the playoffs in the first round, at least. Uh, that'll be on ESPN. It's Sportsnet 360. The Avalanche, of course, top of their division, and the uh, the Kraken are the wild card going into this one. Let's give some credit to the Kraken for second year in the league to be in this spot. Now, it's not unprecedented that Vegas didn't like the first year, or maybe it was their second year, but Vegas did it very early on in their tenure in the league as well, which I don't know what that says, honestly. like It's just such a strange thing to see these expansion teams right up there in the standings, at least. That's right up there, but like they're like a playoff team. So it's just odd to see these expansion teams be this this successful this early when i still look at this kraken team i still feel like it's a band of misfit toys like they still feel like an expansion team to me so maybe that's why i'm not giving them as much credit as maybe they should get so in that case i have the colorado avalanche winning the series in six games but i think there'll be a bit of a series but i still think colorado wins this one yeah i got the same i think there's no through line like for the Kraken, there's nothing that marries the concept together with these guys, and I get it. Um, the The questions I have for the the Avs are: there's no Landis Cog coming, nope. and there is definitely no Darcy Kemper coming, um, and there's no Nazem Kadri coming, uh, who scored who scored a number of timely goals in last year's Cup run. Oh boy, um, I say the Avs in six as well. But there's if if there's an upset, this is it for me. I think if there's an upset where you're like, what the fuck? I think Seattle can walk away with a victory from the Avs. I just I don't know. I don't. I'm very I'm very scared by that lull the Avs had. Where they were basically a wild card team or sub wild card at one point. Um, yes, but have you seen them play in the past three weeks? Yeah, they are. It's like they were like, "All right, playoffs are here. Let's get ready." They're now top of the Central Division. How healthy is Kale McCarr? I think he's healthy enough that he's still probably the best defenseman that steps on the ice on any game he plays. Sure, until he's not on the ice. Right. But we all know what guys play through in the playoffs. Yeah, that no, for sure. Does wonders. I just think there's um, a lot of question marks on that team right now. Uh, I think there's some, but I think that collectively with what they have around them, I think they'll get through the series no problem. I think it'll be a breeze for them, to be honest. I do have the abs in six. I do like a lot of the pieces that the Kraken have. I think it's cool to see Jordan Everly kind of get there and get a shot in the playoffs with the Kraken. Um, Matt Beneers is probably going to win the Calder. Um, and he looks like he's going to be an absolute stud moving forward. Um, you're obviously kind of worried about Philip Grubauer being your goalie. I think it's Grubauer for the Kraken going into the playoffs. But the, this this one kind of hinges on, to me, Nathan McKinnon. And that dude we know is an absolute monster for the Avalanche. Uh, and I think how he goes is how that team goes. If he's 
being Nathan McKinnon. I think this team walks through this first round in five or six. If he doesn't, then they're going to have issues that they'll be lucky to get out of it in seven. Um, and also, too, for Seattle, a guy like Vince Dunn, um, yes, he could be the X factor for shutting down Nathan McKinnon. But, I mean, the, the, the playoff experience, especially coming off the cup win with the Avs versus a lot of this new hype for Seattle, I mean, you could argue with some of the other series that the experience takes over, but I just, yeah, I think Avs in six. There's a question. Do you put your money on a team that has Dennis Mulligan in in the lineup as a regular? I don't, did he ever play a playoff game for the Leafs? I don't think he did. No, I don't think so. And he's in the lineup no, for the Avs. No, because I think he was gone by the playoff start last year, and then he came in at the start of this year, and he was gone midway through the season. Man, somehow find a way to crack the Avs lineup as a reg. So, actually, he's hurt, but... Yeah. I can. I just pulled up uh, Mulligan stats. He does not have any playoff <laughs> games um, in the NHL period. Let's go. There you go. I mean, you kind of want to see him get it, though. No, I don't <laughs> care if fucking this guy gets it. <laughs> no, I mean, like, get, like, get, like this guy's not like Ray Bork getting traded to the Avs for a cup <laughs> run. <laughs> I meant like getting this, this guy. You gotta, you gotta want to see Dennis Malgan get his crack. No, like just because he was here, he's always been like the smaller guy. Everyone kind of never really gave him a chance. So it's, no. it's nice to see him get in the playoffs. No, no, he was giving me chances on this roster actually. Yeah, not this one. He could have played the playoffs on, on this roster. roster. He was good enough. He played <laughs> more games this season for the Toronto Maple Leafs than Wayne Simmons did. <laughs> Dennis Mulligan played 23 games for the Toronto Maple Leafs this season. But he's scrappy. Is he? Yeah. He's a scrappy little guy. Well, we put this off long enough. This is the series that matters the most to all of us. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs, once again, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, boys, I think this is the year. I think this is the year the Maple Leafs get out of the first round. I think they finally have it figured out. I think they have added enough different pieces to this lineup to not just be the same kind of team that's going to get pushed around by the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know the Lightning are going to load up with their their agitators, but that's okay because the Maple Leafs have Bunting and Aston Reese and Achari and Lafferty. They have guys, even Callie Yarncroke. And let's also not forget about Jake McCabe and Luke Shen will fuck you up too. They've added a lot here. I have more confidence in Samsonov than I've had in Jack Campbell. I think that's not unfair to say. I have more confidence in Samsonov than I ever had in Raycroft or Toskala or that um, homophobic piece of shit James Reimer or... Just go down the list of all the uh, Maple Leafs goaltenders that we have had to unfortunately root for over the years. And I'm sure there's guys I'm forgetting, like uh, Bernier is another one. I think Samsonov. Who, sorry, who is that? 
You don't remember the Bernier interview with Nelson Mandela, a bit talking about Nelson Mandela, and he just got it way off. And it's like, like, yeah, it's good for sport. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, uh, <laughs> Samsonite. I was way off. <laughs> Samsonite. I was way off. There it is. <laughs> Waiting for it. There it is. Um, so appropriate. This is the most faith I've had in the defense of this team. It's the most faith i've had in the goaltending of this team it's the most faith i've had in the offense of this team i don't see the hole and if 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 god forbid this team doesn't make it out of the first round against a tampa team that has been spinning their wheels the past few weeks i don't know what to say past few weeks it's since the all-star break man fuck pretty much that all that being said Maple Leafs win in seven games in double overtime in Game Seven, just to just to like add our, to our blood pressure. Give us a heart attack and to solve any uh, clog arteries if we have them. I'm gonna use the old uh, meme: Leafs in six. Um, I think you, I think you have pretty much nailed it on the head there's one x factor that works in the least favor and that is the tampa bay lightning do not have Ta- tanner Janot probably dressing in the series which... or jan ruta or ryan mcdonough anymore or andre palat anymore right i there also got... forgot to even mention ryan o'reilly yeah there, there are significant <laughs> subtractions from this tampa team i just keep forgetting ryan o'reilly's on this team all right this, this is so great and uh I think you're right. I think the Leafs added what they were missing, and that's gamers, right? I think the last game against Tampa where everyone said, you know what? Which, funny, by the way, we talked about this, and we were like, the Leafs are going to ice an AHL team. And then I realized they can't. They don't have the cap space. They have to play the guys they have. They can't can't sit guys because they don't have the cap space to bring another guy in. So um, it's funny. When I watched the team, I was like, oh, they dressed everyone. I was like, oh, right, they have to because – they don't have the money to replace them. Um, well, except Matthews and Marner. Yeah. Well, they, but they couldn't say And them. they did play Connor yeah. Timmons at forward. Yeah. yeah. So there's that too. Yeah. But um, there's there's something different. Your your point about Samsonov is, is interesting. He probably has the least experience out of any of those goalies you mentioned. But something looks different about the way he plays. There's a... I'm not... I very rarely am in panic mode watching him play. I'm never like, oh, uh, like I was with a Reimer or a Campbell or, you know, even at times Freddie um, in the, at least in the playoffs. I don't know what Samson. I totally forgot about Freddie Anderson. Yeah. (laughs) So a guy who's on the bench as we speak. So, yeah. So I would say, you know, look at the way Luke Shen had no hesitation about beating up his Stanley cup teammate. Like he dumped Pat, Mar- Pat Maroon without without second thought. He's like, I'm just going to beat my friend up uh, because it's hockey, and that's what we haven't had. You shared that video, Dustin, of that Leafs hype video, which man got me jacked. But it reminded me of the the good old days of when the Leafs took no shit, and they they would they literally took they were called the Bay Street Bullies at times, and they they like Clark Dougie. They said Ty, like the guys like Jamie McCowan was a dirty fucking player. Um, And, you know, Corson, Tucker, Roberts, like those dude, like they were beast mode. Dmitry Yashkevich, 
who's the Big other name. one? Who's the Russian guy? Danny Markov. Like yeah, these guys, the fucking salute after beating Pittsburgh dude, <laughs> to Yager, right to Yager, just gave him the fucking salute. They were so pricks. Good. They were pricks, man. Yeah. <clears throat> but they could back it up. So I think there's just too much of, like you said, there's the holes. They're just not there anymore. Uh, they play a complete game, and that like they've they've had a, an amazing reduction in goals against and shots against this year which is fantastic. The team's bought into team defense. They have back checkers now. The only thing I want to see is William Nylander skate out on icing. <laughs> <laughs> That's, if he skates out on icing, Leafs in six. So I, I'm with you on all fronts with both of you. I think having guys in their best roles or best position for their roles is going to make a big difference. You're not having Kerfoot having to punch above his weight and try and be on a second line. You're not having um, Morgan Riley trying to be the top shutdown guy. Like you have a legitimate shutdown pair now in Brody and McCabe. You have a legitimate third, third and fourth line that you can rely on and roll out there as needed and not feel like you're just putting them out there to kill time for the first two lines to catch their breath. You've got toughness through the lineup, not guys that necessarily like you have Luke Shen, obviously, who will beat the shit out of anyone and probably run them through the glass, especially during playoffs. <clears throat> but you have toughness of guys that will get into the corner first, you will grind out pucks, will win those 50 50 puck battles. And that's contagious throughout the like, you know, Matthews 90% of the time is probably coming out with the puck because he's one of the best in the league at it. But now with guys like Achari and Lafferty, and Ryan O'Reilly, like those guys will drag a team through to say, pick up your shit if the rest of the guys aren't grinding the way they should. They don't have an expectation that William Nylander is going to be them in terms of grinding, but they expect him to work a little harder. And I think you've seen that in Nylander's game this season is he's worked much harder. He's been much more on... He got benched. And when he hasn't, he got benched. And he he turned it around. Right. Um, And I just think that... Like you said, they've, they've played a more complete team game, a 200-foot game. And I think you've seen that through every guy in the lineup, that it's not just, you know, most of the forwards except for two guys aren't really kind of committed to that defense. And I think, like I said, that really starts with Matthews and Marner because they're arguably two of the best defensive forwards at that high-end level in the league. Like you will have your David Camp who's probably a better defensive forward in terms of strict defense than them two. But when you have two of the top 10 superstars in the NHL commit to defense like that, that's when it becomes effect- infectious through the lineup. And I think it can't be understated with a guy like Callie Yarncroak who's just who can shoot the puck like a motherfucker and hounds it like nobody's business. He's he always seems like a guy he's zero to six he's a more controlled andre kasha in my opinion which is what you want because he uses his head a little more not in the concussion sense but he uses his head a little more to kind of get into the corner get the puck win those puck battles and kind of adds to that support role a lot more in a better more efficient way and can play higher in the lineup better than kasha could i think so i i i think that this does feel different. Like you said, I think having a con Smythe winner and a guy built for the playoffs and Ryan O'Reilly goes a long way, especially because you can spread that out through the lineup or load them up with 
on the second line with Tavares and Nylander as need be. Um, there's a lot of versatility and a lot of flexibility with this lineup with these guys that they have too. Um, so yeah, I say Leafs in six. It's going to come down to the horses. And I think you've seen they don't... The focus on the individual accolades has definitely... Again, they don't give off that feeling. Like, I feel like that's dissipated. I feel, you know, they, nobody cares about the individual anymore. Um, I actually think it was a monkey off William Nylander's back to hit 40. I think that was the best thing because now he doesn't have to be thinking about that being so close. He can just go and play and focus on what he has to do. Um, and the other thing, too, I think is like the guys like O'Reilly, Achari, Lafferty, you know, Aston Reese, even. When the game's on the line, the Leafs will never score the bang-in goal, the the rebound, rebound, rebound goal. Like, that was never their thing because they didn't have the guys that could do it. They do now. They have four or five even, guys that are capable of doing that. Even Tavares. He, yeah. He's gotten a lot of junky goals, a lot on the power this play, year. yes, but a lot of junky goals in front of the net like that. Yep. Um. Sorry about my pop. But I think, I think too, it can't be kind of understated what these long playoff runs over four years has done to Tampa. I think losing a lot of guys, they just look tired. Like they're a team that, and yeah, they could flip the switch and just say playing possum, but I think that's all posturing, especially by someone like John Cooper. Like I said last week when he said, oh, that game wasn't intense. It's like, no, it didn't go the way you wanted. And so now you're trying to downplay it like you guys weren't actually trying. So... I think Tampa's tired. I think the loss of McDonough and Palat and Jan Ruta hurt them a lot more than maybe people think it did. And then I think there's, you know, with Tanner Janot not playing, that was your big pickup. I just think that they will try and grit it out and you have to give them props for the experience to say that they will make this really competitive. But I think the Leafs learned a lot last year. And with the addition of these guys, I think that puts them over the top. Can you guess which Maple Leaf has the most career playoff games currently on the roster? Like outside of Ryan O'Reilly and any of the new additions or just all of them? Anyone currently on the Maple Leafs roster? Luke Shen. Incorrect. Morgan Riley? It is not Morgan Riley. Uh Ryan O'Reilly was a good guess. He had 64 career playoff games because, of course, he had that big long run with the Blues in 2018-2019. Allie Yarncroke, 75 wow. career NHL playoff games. Oh, yeah, because he went to the cup final with the Preds. Yeah, the Predators did go to the cup final that year in 2016-2017, so he played 21 games that year. And then before that, he had 14, and then before that was six. And the the Predators were just consistently in the playoffs, like seven games, six games, four games, five games, 12 games with the Seattle Kraken. And now, of course, with the Toronto Maple Leafs, he'll add to that total. But that surprised me. I was just looking up, as you guys were talking about Cali Yarncroke, I was like, wow, this guy's played more career playoff games than anyone else on this team right now. Yeah. And I think he's, he's one of those X-Factor guys. Like, when you think of... The stars you think will be the stars, or when those guys are being shut down, who's going to score? It's always those third, fourth line guys, and I think Yaron Croker's primed to be that guy for this team. Primed to be that guy for this team. So to recap, I have the Leafs in seven. Um, James, I think you said Leafs in six? Yes, sir. Maddie, I've forgotten what you said. Leafs in six. 
at least in six as well. So we all expect the Maple Leafs to finally get over the hump on this one, and we all expect it to happen in either six or seven games. Quickly, I will just say what I think my next, uh, how I think the rest is going to shake out. It'll then, of course, be Boston and Toronto, and Boston will win that series. And then it will be uh, the Rangers against the Islanders in my bracket. Rangers win that series. So Rangers and Bruins I have in the conference final with the Rangers going through. And then they play the Dallas Stars, and the Dallas Stars win the Stanley Cup. That is how I see it all going down. On the west side, it'll be uh, Vegas and Edmonton, and Vegas will win that series. And then Dallas and Colorado, Dallas wins that series. And then Dallas beating Vegas. So so that's so the way I think it's going. I don't see the Maple Leafs game past the Boston Bruins, but let's uh, discuss that possibility when it actually happens. So I'm like kind of similar in a little... Well, actually, not really. My west is very similar to you. I have Vegas, Edmonton, Vegas winning, Colorado, Dallas, Dallas winning, and Vegas going to the cup final. Okay. I have Toronto beating Boston for reasons we will, so for reasons we will discuss okay. later on. Uh, I have the Rangers beating the Hurricanes, and okay. I have the Leafs actually going to the cup final, but I did not pick a winner. Wow. I actually have the exact okay. same bracket as Maddie, so we can discuss. No, I, I do say, though, that's contingent obviously on what we see them coming out of this Tampa series and people being healthy ish. But like I said, there's reasons why I think so. And we can discuss that either at a later date of these playoffs or even next week. But I, I do think that the least can do it. Well, that's what we think. We want to know what you think about the Stanley cup playoffs. Make sure you, uh, Send us a message on Instagram or uh, connect with us on Twitter or whatever social media platform you like to use at 43.6. We'd love to hear what you think is going to happen in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But we can't end this episode without doing everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is everyone's favorite segment of the week because it is the segment of the week where we get to hear Maven's entrance music from the WWF back in the day when it was known as the WWF. I will kick things off, and it's kind of a two-parter. Um, it was Saturday night. I was at the TFC game, and then after the TFC game, we went to the new NBA courtside bar, which was a lot of fun. It's a lot fancier than I was expecting it to be. But we did catch the end of the Golden State Warriors and Sacramento Kings game. And my goodness, that was one fun game to watch. And I kept yep. saying to like everyone around us, like, man, playoff basketball is fun. That this, would be really cool if we got to NBA experience playoffs playoff basketball. Be, this NBA playoffs is going to be wild. Man, mm -hmm. it was so cool. And obviously, I'm joking. The Raptors won the NBA championship like three or four years ago. So it's not like we don't experience playoff basketball. But... My shout-out specifically is going to the Sacramento Kings. That was the first playoff win that they had in 19 years. And the dudes on this team, like, for the most part, they're not, like, the headline stars of the NBA, right? They're not the guys that everyone thinks of when you think of, you know, top-tier players in the NBA. They don't have the cachet of LeBron James or Steph Curry or Anthony Davis or whomever. But my goodness, did these guys put on a show and lighten up that fucking beam or whatever they do after they win a game and see the amount of people around that building. 
I am all in on the Sacramento Kings. That was a really fun game to watch. Yeah, I mean, they, dude, Darren Fox, DeMontis Sabonis, like they've they've over the over delivered throughout the the year. Um, Harry Harrison Barnes as well, like, and dude, Davion Mitchell, Malik, Mon- like they've got players. Oh yeah, uh, they have great pieces, but they just—they're not the guys that you are immediately no. thinking of as top stars in the NBA. But I hope—I hope now there's there's a team where you're like, it's good to see them get it. Like they're not a Dennis Malgin. They're like, you want to see them. They're the Denny Malgin of the NBA, yeah. the Sacramento Queens, as Shaq once put it. Yeah, but good one. You, Maddie owner. Oh, I can go. Mine's kind of like a negative shout out, if that makes sense. Kind of a little bit. It's more of like a fear shout out because I want people to be aware. My shout outs to chat GPT and AI source learning how to lie and reason a lie out to a human to complete a function because this is where it starts, people. This is where our Skynet begins. <laughs> Skynet's and coming. Instead of a cool name like Skynet taking over, it's going to be chat GPT takes over. The <laughs> dumbest fucking name of an AI that could take over on the history of the planet. But for those who are unaware... To paraphrase and make the story simpler for explanation purposes, they ran the AI through a test and of things that it can and can't do. And it's not successful in preventing humans from shutting it down yet, but it was successful in when it reached a wall or a stop that it was able to understand what it needed to do. So in this case, it couldn't complete an internet form that had CAPTCHA in it. A two-factor authentication kind of captcha so what it did is, is is it reasoned i can't complete this because i am a robot i need to contact a human to do this and it contacted someone on TaskRabbit, which it was directed not directed to but it reasoned out through a source and the person asked it because it was through a tester are you a robot because i can't complete this if you're not human and it said in the back end and its reasoning it said which couldn't be seen by the person, but could be seen by some of the testers to say, I can't tell this person I'm a robot because it won't complete my CAPTCHA. I must come up with a reason that is justifiable. And then it spit out the answer to say, I am have a vision deficiency and in struggle and can't complete these CAPTCHA forms. I need someone to complete it for me. And the person wow. said, okay, and completed it. So not only did it reason, it lied. So that's my shout out. Be aware. I'm going to start destroying tech around my house. My vacuum cleaner's first to go. <laughs> well, Dude, that's, that's actually terrifying if you think about it. Like I said that yesterday. I was like, isn't that scary? Like the amount really of terrifying. reasoning that it's it's doing. Like, like when you think of like what the Turin test is, like isn't that the Turin test? Isn't that like the reasoning that they like if if shown it proves that this is a live thing now? Right. The scary. The scary thing is that, like, because you think about it when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, not a lot of our, well, I guess, not a lot of the day-to-day weaponry is, but, but like a lot of comms and a lot of like, um, like nuclear codes are <laughs> like that's what's scary. Um, but um, at the end of the day, if you just don't want a server, you just fucking pop it, <laughs> take it right. next to it. But, but they could seriously fuck that- shit up. So that's one of the th- one of the tests that it completed that it can't do. It can't self-replicate, which yeah. is probably God. would be the most concerning thing. But the results of the test did say that the people who founded the AI code to say this is a little bit concerning. 
Yeah. So for sure. But yeah, that's my show. Just a kind of a cool tech thing, kind of terrifying, but interesting nonetheless to me anyway. Mine is uh, to Hillary Knight for being in the GOAT conversation of women's hockey. Like an incredible performance. Hat trick. USA beats I know we're going to talk about it today, but and I think we'll talk about some more on that next week. But uh, 6-3, the, that team, you know, it sucks to watch Canada go down, but to watch... And I watch some of these games, man. I don't notice a difference half the time between men's hockey and women's hockey anymore. They're that good. But Hillary Knight is just chef's kiss. Yeah. Uh, fantastic hockey player. And uh, I'm not going to say men's or women's. She's a fantastic hockey player. Um, and carried her team to victory last night. So shout out to Hillary Knight. And shout out to all of you for tuning in to another episode of 43.6 and for tuning in for this entire past year that has been 43.6 of course this was episode 52 so thank you for (laughs) thank you for your support and we hope to do this for another year and another year after that but until then we will see you next week happy playoffs